following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. The dead won't bother you. It's the living you got to worry about. John Wayne Gacy. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Get In Loser, we're starting a podcast. I'm Chop. And I'm Cheetah. And, well folks, we made it to episode 60. Big accomplishment, feels like we just hit episode 50 last week. (laughs) Somehow 10 episodes flew by. And just in case you skipped over a few episodes to get here, uh, well, first of all, how could you do that to us? Second of all... Uh, if you don't know, you know, with it being episode 60, a big episode, uh, it it fell on my week, so I decided, you know, I want to start leaning back more heavily into true crime, so why not talk about one of the most notorious serial killers to ever live, a real sick fuck, Mr. John Wayne Gacy. The Killer Clown. Yeah, aka The Killer Clown. If y'all afraid of clowns? Uh, you can still listen to us because we're going to fucking make fun of this clown, or not? This, your uh, I'm sure John Wayne Gacy is a big reason by why a lot of people were afraid of clowns growing up. I can't say it was a reason for me because I didn't know who the fuck John Wayne Gacy was when I was a kid. It, for me, it was more like it, like the original it with Tim Curry. That movie fucked me up when how, I was a child. Dude, how about Killer Clowns from Space? That movie was just weird. It didn't really like scare me. It was Pennywise from the original It that scared me. Hi, Georgie. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude, just imagine going down the street and you see, uh, you see, what's my call? You see fucking Pennywise. Hey, hey, Gina, you want to come down here? I got portal mags and bitches for you. Go wait in the hallway. Go wait in the fucking hallway. Hey, how many times are you going to say that to me? I- well, yeah. Um, obviously, if you. You guys have been here a while, you know, you've been listening a while. Uh, this is kind of our thing, you know, we we do make, we do crack a lot of jokes when talking about this kind of stuff, but just, you know, just for, you know. Entertainment purposes. Well, you know, just, just so, you know, people can't say they don't know. Let me just say it again. Obviously, we do not condone any of the, the crimes that this man committed. Uh, you know, we're both pretty strong on the fact that he deserves to rot in the deepest pits of hell. But, you know, sometimes reading this kind of information is just easier if you crack a joke here and there. Because if you dig deep enough in, uh, you know, stories like this, it's obviously going to leave you feeling a little, you know... Icky. Yeah, a little... Giving you a little bit of the jitters, a little. Yep. So it's fun to just, you know, crack a little joke to get by. But I don't want you guys to ever think that... You know, we're cracking jokes at the expense of his victims because that's not the case at all. Um, you know, obviously, yep. I can't speak for ch- for ch- uh, Chop over there because, you know, he's a little bit of a strange one. But I definitely do not condone John Wayne Gacy. Well, I don't condone that motherfucker either. You sure? Because you are a little strange. <laughs> sure you're not into that? The killer clown and whatnot? Oh, people are afraid of clowns. Oh, see? See? <laughs> see what I'm saying? Listen, if I ever go missing... It was Chop, all right? Just no, know. It was Eileen from Applebee's. Tell him it was Arlene from Applebee's. <laughs> Yo, I think we're going to have to get that line right one day. Uh, anyways, yeah, we're going we're gonna to hop on in here to uh, little John Gacy. I will be referring to him the rest of the episode as Gacy or Clown Fucker. Or or killer clown, depending on how I'm feeling at the or, moment. Or clown. Or just clown. Uh, be ready for a lot of clown-related jokes, obviously. Oh. Uh, but if you guys listened to our last serial killer episode, 
Not the Blood Countess, the one before that. Dean Coral. Uh, this episode is basically going to be broken down the same way that that one was, you know. Where uh, I'm going to read most of the basic info, you know, give you a little backstory of, you know, the clown fucker and who he is and all that, you know. And my boy Chop over here is going to fill us in on victims when we get to that point. So, you know, if you don't hear Chop for a little bit, don't be scared. I didn't murder him, okay? He's still here. He's silently stuffing his face in the corner. Hell yeah. While I'm, you know, doing the heavy lifting. No offense. Yeah, no, none taken. <laughs> Yo, um, before we start, we're gonna do, we're gonna, we're gonna still run the same, same way. I do the opening introduction to Clown Fucker. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you could have asked me that before we started recording. Whoever these motherfuckers gotta know, these fellow losers gotta know what we do. Alright, go ahead. Are we ready? Yep, go ahead. John Wayne... What the fuck? This, I got clown dust in my mouth right now. John Wayne uh, Gacy. Great, Gracie. Gracie? Gacy. Gacy was... <laughs> we literally just talked about him for 10 minutes before this, and you couldn't get his name right. <laughs> Jesus. Born March 17, 1942. Chicago, Illinois, USA. You'll find out how he dies. Mm-hmm. Yo, he was born on fucking uh, St. Paddy's Day. Well, thanks for ruining St. Paddy's Day. For thanks for ruining St. Paddy's Day. Hope you fucked a clown. Hope hope you fucked a leprechaun in clown makeup on. Clown fucker. All right, that was a little bit too far. Go in the hallway. All right, real quick before we hop in this, let's just a uh, little breakdown. Chop. Uh, not based off of any of the research did tonight, which I'm sure he didn't do much. Yeah. But <laughs> what is your basic knowledge before today about John Wayne Casey, if any? Uh, my basic knowledge before I actually dove myself into the screens I'm in, um, I saw his pogo, his alibi was pogo the clown. Kind of got fucked. He was like, man, what's he? I'm like, this motherfucker looks kind of creepy as fuck. Like if I had kids, I don't want I don't want none of my kids to be around these guys. Yeah, well, that uh, obviously we'll dig a little deeper into that clown thing later on. But yo, well, he looks one familiar. Of the, one of the biggest reasons why he did it that way is because he himself even said a clown could never commit such crimes. So he thought he had the perfect out, you know. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but... Uh, as for basic knowledge for me, um, obviously, anybody who listens to this or knows me outside of this knows that I'm super big into true crime. I've been like that for a while. Uh, always, when you're digging into, like, serial killers and stuff like that, one of the one of the big names that always pop up is John Lynn Casey. That's right. He's always on there. Somebody's always talking about him. That was one of the reasons why I was kind of hesitant to do an episode about him because there's been so many done about him. But, you know, he's one of the big ones. And though I'm trying to tend to stay away from some of the big ones, I figured he, on the green grand scale of things, he was probably smaller compared to the other big ones like Dahmer. I'm probably never going to talk about because he's been overdone a hundred times. Ted Bundy, there's a new fucking documentary about him every month pretty much. So I feel like on the grand scheme of things, John Wayne Gacy's kind of lower man on the totem, so that's why, you know, I decided if I'm going to do a big name, I'm going to do him. So, unless Chop's got anything he wants to add real quick, we're going to hop on into it. Good to go? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, before, um, this, uh, uh, the clown looks familiar. Like, I saw this face before somewhere. Like like somebody I know in person. Yeah, I would say probably never hang out with that person again. Then. Nope. No, I don't know who your name is. You're fucked now. All right. So, like Chop said, John Wayne Gacy was born on March seventeenth, nineteen forty-two, in Chicago, Illinois. Uh, according to the book *Killer Clown* by Terry Sullivan and Peter Macon. Gacy seemed to have a regular childhood, with the exception of his turbulent relationship with his father. John Wayne Gacy Sr. The authors describe the father as an unpleasant, abusive alcoholic prone to physically and verbally assaulting his children. 
They described Gacy as deeply loving his father and wanting desperately to gain his approval and attention, but failing to win him over. Gacy Sr. died on Christmas Day, 1965. So, real quick, just an interesting little bit right there at the beginning. That, you know, John was, uh, you know, very fighting very hard to gain his father's love and never getting it. Which, you know, I'm not saying, you know, it's okay, but that could be a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stories you hear about serial killers, that's one of the biggest tells. His very abusive childhood, you know, uh, always trying to fight for the love of somebody and not ever getting it, you know what I mean? That's... Those are a lot of things that kind of, you know, like awaken, I would say, maybe. They kind of like awaken like that that fucked up like gene in your body, maybe. Oh, oh yeah. Because nobody just snaps one day. Somebody like John Wayne Gacy, he's, he, whatever it was, he was born with it. You know what I mean? Whatever his, you know, whatever made him want to go out and commit these crimes, it was there since, you know, he was born. So, But I just wanted to talk about that real quick. It was interesting. That uh, you know, bad relationship with his dad. Yo, it just seems weird. Like the uh, Dean Core, did yeah. he have a fucked up family, or was his family like okay? Oh, I think his family was all right. I mean, it's not always like that for a lot of. I mean, but for a lot of the bigger ones, it's like that. They had a really fucked up childhood, and I mean, it's like that for a lot of people. You know, in a lot of cases, that that kind of like trauma from your childhood kind of you know plays a part in. You know, you becoming who you become later on. But, uh, yeah, let's get back into it. Uh, after attending four different high schools during his senior year and never graduating, Gacy dropped out of school and left Chicago for Las Vegas. While there, he worked part-time as a janitor for Palm Mortuary. Unhappy in Vegas, he returned to Chicago a few months later. During the early 1960s, Gacy enrolled in a business college and developed a talent for salesmanship. A born salesman, he could talk his way in and out of practically any situation. Which, that, that'll be, a, that'll be uh, something to note later on. Um, upon graduating, he went to work as a management trainee at Nunbush Shoe Company in downtown Chicago. He excelled in his position and within weeks was transferred to Springfield, Illinois to manage a men's clothing outlet for the company where he remained employed for nearly a year. Shortly after his promotion, Gacy married into a wealthy family and relocated with his new bride to Waterloo, Iowa. In 1966, at the request of his father-in-law, Gacy took over management of the family's chicken restaurant Gacy quickly became a well-known and liked member of the community, according to later accounts in the Waterloo, Waterloo Courier. However, all was not well with Gacy. The future serial killer will be arrested for the first time in 1968. The felony charge, attempting to coerce a male employee into homosexual acts, came as a big surprise to those who thought they knew this likable father of two infants, especially his wife of two years. So, this is where it starts. 1968, Gacy's arrested for a felony charge of trying to coerce a male employee into sex- homosexual acts. Oh, fuck, here we but go. But before this, everybody that knew him in the community thought he was a completely normal person. Oh, you know, he's such a great guy, you know, runs the chicken factory, bok bok. Bok bok. I fucking love John, I have him over for breakfast every weekend. Well, guess what? Here comes Johnny boy. Trying to fuck a guy and getting arrested for it. Hey, hold on, hold on. Before you go more about fucking guys and whatnot, you say Waterloo, Iowa? Waterloo, Iowa. Iowa. KFC. Oh, there you uh, go. I guess we can't look at KFC anymore. Chicken fucker. There you... All right. That was a little bit too far. <laughs> uh, Gacy pled guilty to sodomy and was sentenced to 10 years in Iowa State Men Reformatory in. Animosa. His wife filed for divorce following the sentencing. Angered, Gacy informed her he did not want to see his children again and would henceforth consider her and the two kids dead. Wow. Bro, how are you going to be mad at your wife for fucking leaving you when you just got arrested for trying to fuck a dude? 
And he, now you're saying, oh, because you smartened up and left me, I don't want to see my kids anymore? Oh, wow. Like, wow, John. You're fucked, man. You're a fucking clown fucker, guy. But uh, <laughs> after serving 18 months, Gacy was paroled in 1971. Big mistake. I'm sure we'll come back to that thinking, why the fuck they let this guy go? But anyways, uh, he moved back to Chicago. He went to work as a construction contractor and then stayed, started his own construction business. That July, he remarried a recently divorced woman he had met through mutual friends and with financial assistance from his mother, moved into a house in Des Plaines with financial help from his, with financial help from his mother. Uh, in February 1971, Gacy again ran into trouble with the law. He was charged with the attempted rape of a young man. The charges were dropped, and the victim failed to appear in court for the hearing. So all the way up until... Oh, yeah, he was... Paroled in 1971, and then not until February 1971 was he arrested again. Was he in trouble again? So this is important because, you know, obviously this, this whatever this thing is in him that made him want to, you know, kill these boys, it wasn't completely there yet, you know? It wasn't fully, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really sure how to, like, say it. It wasn't, like, fully in control, I guess you would say, for lack of better words. But uh, it's very interesting Yo, uh, that uh, they, had, they had him two times for the same thing. And both times he got out. He walked away from it. So, I mean, that, that you fucked up right there. But I mean, I, I guess you, you can't really blame the justice system in that sense. Because, you know, how are they supposed to know that this guy was going to become who he became, I guess? You know, um, speaking of that, um, when he was, uh, I know, I'm just reading this, I was... I'm like I'm trying not to cut cheat it off, but I'm I was reading this uh like the KFC manager, uh, Gacy was will receive fifteen thousand dollars per year. That uh, back in nineteen sixty four, that was equivalent to one hundred thirty four thousand five hundred fifty dollars in today's money. Uh, the couple moved there, so uh, clown could manage the store. Understand that he will move into uh, ex-wife's uh, parents' house, former house. That's why. So the clown fucker was a KFC guy. He was for fifteen grand. Well, never eating KFC again. But KFC is good. It's too late. They've ruined it for me. Yeah, fucking too late. Uh, Gacy had a talent for business, according to the Des Plains journal he was known by local merchants as a sharp businessman who would often undercut his business rivals contracts by hiring on a number of high high school age employees to cut his costs his business grew Ooh, hired uh high school employees i'm sure that's going to come up at some point again uh gacy spent part of his leisure time hosting elaborate street parties for friends and neighbors dressing up as a clown so, this, so far in Gacy's story, this is the first mention of him dressing up as the clown. So, this is where the clown thing starts. And maybe it'll explain it more in a little bit, but as of right now, it doesn't say much of why, you know, Gacy used his clown persona to get his victims. I think maybe it's because, you know, most kids are going to trust the clown. If they see a clown walking around... <laughs> You know, especially back then, you see a clown walking around, you're going to trust him. You're going to think, you know, it's a clown. What's he going to do to me? You know what I mean? You can trust a clown to a certain point. Or yeah, but this is the 70s. So, of course, they're going to trust this dude walking around in clown makeup and shit. And doing, he's just a normal dude. Doing balloons and fucking... Yeah, making a balloon animal and shit. Yo, I tried to make a balloon animal one time, Cheetah. That shit is fucking hard. Yeah, I tried one time, too. My Yo, balloons I, kept popping. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to... Your uncle, we used to call him the clown, but you're, I'm gonna say your uncle. He like he does it. He does it so much. He could just make a balloon with his eyes closed or something. Mm-hmm. And that was my side note for that moment. All right, thanks for that. Uh, he would also entertain children at local hospitals. He also immersed himself in organizations as the Jaycees and the local Democratic Party. Yeah, boy. As a Democratic 
precinct captain, he once had his picture taken with First Lady Rosalind Carter. Oof. Democrat. We're gonna know that wrong. says a lot. <laughs> Man, that was your dad right there. <laughs> that was your dad right there. Uh, Gacy's second wife divorced him in March of 1976, according to accounts in Harlan Mendenhall's book, Fall of the House of Gacy. Gacy's second wife felt she could no longer cope with the marriage due to her husband's unpredictable moods and bizarre obsession with homosexual magazines. Uh-huh. That's where it starts. So his second wife left him because he was doing some gay shit. I mean, some homosexual shit. Well, no, it's just because he had an unhealthy obsession with men's magazines. You know, homosexual magazines. <laughs> I'm about to say, there's like men's fitness and men's uh, bodybuilding shit. Uh, that couple, he did not have any children with that wife, by the way. And then on December 12, 1978, the police again focused their attention on John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, Robert Peast, a teenage stock boy at local Des Plains Pharmacy, had come up missing. Gacy was the last person seen with the boy prior to his disappearance. When investigators ran a background check on Gacy, they were surprised to discover they had pre- previously served time for committing sodomy on a teenage boy. With this incriminating invest- information, investigators were able to obtain a warrant to search Gacy's house. You doing a first search warrant? Yep. Robert Peast. Robert Peast. 1978. Got anything to add to that? Or? Uh, let me find out. I'm just... Hey, I gave you one job. Yeah, I screwed up. <sighs> Everybody always says I'm so mean to him. Well, this is why. What year you say? Oh, my God. 1978. Oh, Robert Peason, 15, December 11, 1978. During the execution of the warrant, investigators entered a crawl space located beneath beneath the home. A rancid odor was quickly noticed. The smell was believed to be faulty sewage lines and was quickly dismissed. So they got this dude. Last person seen with this kid before he went missing. Already did jail time for sodomizing a teenage boy. They get to his house, open a cross space, and they see a, they they smell something. And instead of actually investigating it, they just say, oh, it's probably sewage lines. Let's get out of here. Now this one I blame on the fucking cops because that was an idiotic move. Uh, without any noticeable incriminating evidence, investigators returned to the headquarters to run tests on the evidence they seized. During a review of the items confiscated from Gacy's house, investigators soon realized that they had unknowingly seized a piece of critical evidence. One of the rings found at Gacy's house belonged to another teenager who had disappeared a year earlier. With this new information, investigators began to realize the possible enormity of the case that was unfolding before them. Following discovery of their new information, it was not long before investigators were able to obtain a second search warrant for Gacy's home. On December 22, 1978, Gacy, realizing that his dark secrets were about to be exposed, confessed to police telling them that he had murdered approximately 33 young men over the past seven years. Holy fuck. He also drew them a detailed map to the locations of 28 shallow graves under his house and garage. Further, he admitted to dumping five others in the Des Plains River. Gacy told detectives there are four Johns. He later explained that there was a John, the contractor, John the clown, and John the politician. The fourth person went by the name Jack Hanley. Jack was the killer and did all the evil things. You tell me this motherfucker had four motherfucker personas? I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's pretty fucked up in the head. I think it's kind of. I think it's all an act, though. I think he's just trying to. He was slowly trying to build this case that he. Uh, that he. Um, what was I going to say? That he. Uh, that he was insane. 
But I'm gonna uh I'm actually gonna skip from what I was reading and skip down to here in a second, which goes a little more into detail about the murders. Unless you are you see where this is? Where it says murders? Yeah, let me just scroll up. First one starts ni- July 1975. Murders? July. It's down. It's at the bottom. Near the bottom. Like that? I don't know. <laughs> you can't read where it says murders and then it's a bunch of paragraphs? Let me just... Let me just, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, I found it. Um... In July 1975, one of Gacy's uh, employees, John uh, Buckon, I don't know how you say this fucking Bukovic. name. Bukovich. <laughs> Fuck. I know we're not supposed to make fun of the victims, but Bukovich <laughs> uh, disappeared. Uh, Bukovich. All right, I'm just gonna call. This, I'm just call him Buck. I'm just gonna call him John because that's his name. John had recently left Gacy's employer after an argument over back pay. Back pay John was old. John's parents urged the police to check up on Gacy, but nothing came of it, and the young man disappeared, went unsolved. In December 1976, another Gacy's employee, Gregory Godson, Disappeared, and his parents asked police to investigate Gacy. One one of the last people known to have spoke to the boy. In neither cases did not uh, did the police pursue Gacy. None did they discover his criminal record. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this next one. All right. You look like you're having a little bit of trouble over there. It was a little trouble. Oh, I got that. Uh, January 1977, John Sizik, an acquaintance of uh, Bukovich, Godzik, and Gacy, disappeared later that year. Another of Gacy's employees was arrested for stealing gasoline from a station. The car he was driving belonged to Sizik. Gacy said that Sizik had sold the car to him before leaving town, and the police failed to pursue the murder further. $300 she sold it for. And the police never looked into it anymore after what the, that. I, yo, Gacy, like, I'm just come, I'm come to a conclusion. These fucking serial killers are fucking smart. They might not be smart getting caught, but they're fucking smarter. Um, same thing happened to Candyman. He bribed the shit out of these boys. Hey, slash, slash. Uh... Gacy start, then started getting tired of digging holes in his crawl space. He wanted space that was available at all times. He had hired one of his employees, David Cram, to make more space. Cram also stayed in the spare bedroom in his boss's house. One night, Cram came home from work and found Gacy drunk and in his clown costume. They had a few drinks, and then Gacy tricked Cram into the handcuffs. Gacy then started growling and began spinning Cram around the room, screaming, I'm going to rape you. Cram pushed Gacy down and somehow grabbed the key and escaped to his room. Why would you run to your fucking room, dude? In the same house as this dude. Why wouldn't you run out the front door? Oh, I don't fucking understand. I can't even put his clown costume and like, I'm going to rape you, boy. Well, not all of Gacy's victims died. In March 1978, Gacy lured Jeffrey Rignall into his car. Gacy chloroformed the young man took him back to the house on Somerdale, raped and tortured him and dumped him in Lincoln Park. Police drew a blank, but Rignall remembered through the chloroform haze of that night, a black Oldsmobile, the Kennedy Expressway, and some side streets. He stalked out the exit on the expressway until he saw the black Oldsmobile, which he followed to 8213 West Somerdale. Police issued a warrant and arrested Gacy on July 15th. He was facing trial on a battery charge for the Rignall case when he was arrested in December for the other murders. In December 1977, a 19-year-old man complained that Gacy had kidnapped him at gunpoint and forced him into sex. Yet again, Chicago police took no action. 
Are you fucking kidding me? So this could have been stopped many times. They could have stopped Gacy many times. And they just chose not to address the matter any further. Because you know why? Because Gacy had hands in that politics. No, probably not. It's probably just because police were fucking stupid back then. And it was Chicago. In the 70s. (laughs) I mean, if there was ever a time that cops didn't give a shit, it was in Chicago in the 70s. But, uh... Robert Peace, the 15-year-old boy, disappeared on December 11, 1978 from Plaines Pharmacy, where he worked after school. Just before he vanished, Peace told a co-worker he was going to a house down the street to talk to some contractor about a job. Gacy had been at the pharmacy that night discussing a remodeling job with the owner. Gacy denied talking to Peace when Des Plains police called him the next day. But Des Plains police did what Chicago police failed to do and checked Gacy's record, discovering that he had done time for sodomy. <laughs> so these cops were smart, unlike the Chicago cops. They, you know, they actually looked into the matter further. A lot of lives could have been saved if, you know, a lot of these police officers had actually done their job. But uh, a search of Gacy's house on December 13th turned up suspicious items, a 1975 high school class ring, driver's licenses for other people, handcuffs, a two-by-four holes with drilled, drilled with holes drilled in the ends, a syringe, clothing too small for Gacy, and a photo receipt from the pharmacy where Peace worked. Detectives noticed an off Offensive odor coming from the crawl space beneath the house. Further investigation revealed Godsick's disappearance. The high school ring was traced to Zizek. From Gacy's second wife, they learned about... They learned of Butkovich. On December 21st, 1978, one of Gacy's employees told the police that Gacy had confessed to more than 30 murders. Shortly thereafter, Gacy was arrested for marijuana possession... Police took out a second warrant, went back to the house in Somerdale, and found human bones in the crawl space. After being informed that he would now face murder charges, Gacy confessed to some 25 to 30 murders, telling investigators that the most were buried in the crawl space and on his property, and that he threw the last five bodies after the crawl space was full off the I-55 bridge and into the Des Plaines River including that of Peast. Gacy drew a police a diagram of his crawlspace to show where the bodies were buried. Gacy then told the police that he would pick up male teenage runaways or male prostitutes off the streets and take them back to his house with either promising them money for sex or just grab them by force. He picked up at least one of his victims at the bus station. Once they got back to his house, he would handcuff them or tie them up in another way. Gacy would often stick clothing in their mouths to muffle their screams. After this, he would choke them with a rope or a board as he sexually assaulted them. Gacy would also keep the bodies with him for as long as decomposition would allow. The police had already gone back to the house to search for more remains, mostly under the crawl space. For the next four months, more and more human remains were emerged from the house. As reporters, TV news crews... And astonished onlookers watched, 29 bodies were found in Gacy's crawlspace and on his property between, 19, between December 1978 and March 1979. The youngest identified victims were Samuel Stapleton, Michael Marino, both 14 years old. The oldest were Russell Nelson and James Mazzara, both 21 years old. Eight of the victims were so badly decomposed that they were never identified. Robert Peace's body was discovered on the banks of the Des Plaines River on April 9th. He's a fucked up clown. Yeah, he's a fucked up clown. He's, he's right. A, he's, what the fuck, man? I, I was just, I was thinking like how you like take take these victims. I bet when he was trying to uh, like try to put cloth in her mouth, uh, he had m- multiple layers coming out of his hands because they had like. I said one rag would be like twin rags because they're all tied together. 
Thank you for bringing literally nothing to this conversation. No, I'm just saying, like, it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be like a fucking clown joke. You know how the clowns get their fucking ribbons? It was a terrible clown joke. <coughs> but uh, real quick, let's just go back real quick and just, let's just say this little paragraph again and just, like, really listen to it because this part, reading this really kind of, like, gave me, like, you know, kind of gave me, I kind of, like, jittered a little bit because it was so, like, haunting to read. The police had already gone back to the house to search for more remains, mostly under the crawl space. For the next four months, more and more human remains emerged from the house. As reporters, TV news crews, and astonished onlookers watched, 29 bodies were found in Gacy's crawl space and on his property between December 1978 and March 1979. So can you imagine being one of Gacy's neighbors and just be sitting out there watching as they pulled nine, 29 different bodies from the crawl space of his house? Yeah, I bet, I bet, I bet they told him, all right, y'all, this is a big crime scene. Uh, don't be out here nosing out. I'm talking to you, uh, Jeffersons, because I know you're nosy as fuck. I'll try to make another joke. Hey, you're not happy with that one. No. My jokes are getting lamer and lamer. <laughs> I was really setting you up for a serious question. You turned to, you didn't even address it. All right. What's the question again? Can you imagine being one of Gacy's neighbors and seeing the cops pull out 29 different bodies from his crawl space? Yeah, I'll be like, I don't know what I would think. Like, it's just fucking wild, man. That or, like, or I'll be thinking, I just had this guy over my house couple weeks ago for a barbecue or something. That's fucking crazy. What the fuck? Do you want to uh, want to jump into the trial now? Want to read about the trial? And then maybe here at the bottom you can just read through the names of all the victims after I'm done? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll jump into this real quick about the trial. Uh, on February 6, 1980, Gacy's trial began in Chicago... During the trial, he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. This fucking piece of shit. However, this plea was out re- rejected outright. Gacy's lawyer, Sam Amrente, said that Gacy had moments of temporary insanity at the time of each individual murder, but regained his sanity before and after to lure and dispose of victims. What a fucking scumbag, dude. What a scumbag. I feel like Richie from fucking the new, the reboot of it. I feel like Richie right now, and he's like, now I gotta go kill this fucking clown. That's how I feel right now. But, uh, while on trial... Hold on. Sorry, my mic's fucked up. While on trial, Gacy joked... Oh, this dude is such a disgusting human being, bro. <laughs> while on trial, Gacy joked that the only thing he was guilty of was running a cemetery without a license. What a fucking scummy thing to say, dude. Uh, we'll run a cemetery without a license. Like, uh, Mr. Gacy, keep please not say that comment in the in the courtroom. But I was trying to be funny, Judge. He's such a fucking scumbag, dude. At one point in the trial, Gacy's defense also tried to claim that all thirty-three murders were accidental deaths as part of a rock erotic asphyxia. What a fucking douchebag. But the Cook County coroner countered, countered this assertion with evidence that Gacy's claim was impossible. Gacy had also made an earlier confession to police and was unable to have this evidence suppressed. He was found guilty on March 13th and sentenced to death. Uh, now here comes the good part, the part that we're all going to love to hear about. On May 10th, 1994, hey, I was three. How old were you? Uh, six? You fucking old fucker. On May 10th, 1994, Gary was executed at Stateville Correctional Center in Crest Hill, Illinois, by lethal injection. His last meal... Oh, here you go. Here's a last meal even you'll love, Drew. Herb Chop. His last meal consisted of a dozen deep-fried shrimp, a bucket of original recipe from KFC, a pound of fresh strawberries and french fries... His execution was a minor media sensation and large crowds of people gathered for execution parties. 
outside the penitentiary. Can you imagine being such a piece of shit that people are outside of the jail celebrating your execution? <clears throat> you know, just imagine going on death row. Because they don't do the meals no more. Because the inmates just fucking ruin, just wasted food. Just imagine being like death row and you tell the, uh, your guys like, hey, can you take me to the one to one time? I want to greet my fans one last time. Oh, I'm sure there have been people that have said that. One of the most fucked up things to me about Gacy is in one of the... If you look, you could find a picture. In one of his mug shots, he's smiling. Like, uh, the I, guy had no fucking remorse for anything that he did. Um, what, What's it called? After, after we talk about the trial, the trial, and I go through the victims, then we just then we talk about the thing we talked about earlier, how he loved prison. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a little bit after we get to the rest of this. But, uh... Yeah, uh, with numerous arrests for public intoxication, open container violations, and disorderly content, vendors sold Gacy-related t-shirts and other merchandise, and the crowd cheered at the moment when Gacy was pronounced dead. Good fucking riddance. It doesn't say that in the article. I just added that in because fuck that guy. According to reports, Gacy did not express remorse. His last lords to his his lawyer in his cell were to the effect that killing him would not bring anyone back, and it is reported his last words were, Kiss my ass, which he said to a correctional officer while being sent to the execution chamber. Before the execution began, the lethal chemicals unexpectedly solidified, clogging the IV tube that led into Gacy's arm and prevented any further passage. Blinds covering the window through which... Witnesses observed the execution were drawn, and the execution team placed the clog, replaced the clogged tube with a new one. Ten minutes later, the blinds were reopened, and the execution resumed. It took 18 minutes to complete. So in 18 minutes, they killed John Wayne Gacy. Damn. And not a single shed of remorse for anything that he did. Yeah, he, he almost sounds like a villain from a video game. He is, basically. He took 33 people from this world, and probably even more, that they can't confirm. And not a single fucking shed of remorse for anything. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a stretch when I say that John Wayne Gacy is one of the worst to ever do it. Yo, does he make your top top 10? He's got to be top 10. He's, he's top a fucking five? scumbag. I don't know top five. I'd have to really think about it, because there's a lot of fucked up ones. Are you, are you comparing uh, the countless... The blood countless over him. Well, that's a different situation. That was her and other people. This was just Gacy by himself. Do you do you consider Gacy over uh, Dean, the Candyman? I don't know. I mean, it's <coughs> it's hard to do it because every situation is different. You know, I mean, that's why I said you have to really think about it. It would take like a lot of thought because there is some really fucked up ones out there. But as like, as like, as far as like notorious goes, John Wayne Gacy is one of the most notorious ever, oh. and if for nothing else, because of the fact that he dressed up as a clown. So he got a, in the end, he got exactly what he wanted. He became a legend of sorts, which is what a lot of these serial killers wanted in the end, and it's what a lot of them got. Like if you remember later, like back way on when we did the episode, you know, the episode we saw we'd never do about. Jim Jones, he got exactly what he wanted in the end. People still talk about him to this day. We're so, we're so he's he's a legend. That's what he always wanted. He wanted to always be talked about, and he's continued to be talked about. And that's the thing with like you know guys like Gacy, Bundy, Dahmer. They'll be talked about forever. None of them will ever be forgotten ever. And that in the end, that's exactly what they wanted. They got exactly what they wanted. They're in the spotlight forever, basically. <clears throat> But at least we could take pride in the fact that knowing them, Sick pretty much all of them are, are off their, rotten uh, in fucking hell right now. So, but uh, yeah, let me just finish this little part up real quick. Uh, anesthesiologists blamed the problem on the inexperience of prison officials who were conducting the execution, saying that proper procedures taught in IV one hundred and one would have prevented the error. This apparently led to Illinois' adoption of a different method of lethal injection. On this subject, 
the chief prosecutor at Gacy's trial, William Kunkel, said that he still got a much easier death than any of his victims. After his execution, Gacy's brain was removed. It is currently in the possession of Dr. Helen Morrison, who interviewed Gacy and other serial killers in an attempt to isolate common personality traits of violent sociopaths. However, an examination of Gacy's brain after his execution by the forensic psychiatrist hired by his lawyers revealed no abnormalities. So they didn't find anything wrong with him at all. Nothing meant, nothing scientifically that would have triggered him to become who he was. That's why I said a lot of those guys like him are just born with it. It's, it's not something in their brain. It's just who they are. They're just hardwired that way. <coughs> but now, real quick, I'm going to hand it on over to uh, hand it on over to my boy Chop so we can take a little moment of silence and read through the victims. All right, before we read, before we read uh, the victims, now we can take a moment of silence. Probably like oh, 10, minute, 10 seconds. Oh, shit, I was looking at the wrong one. <laughs> All right, RIP to the 33 victims, plus some more. <clears throat> um, the first victim was Timothy McCorn, age 16, Jan- January 3rd, 1972. <coughs> <coughs> Th- almost three years later, John... Buckholch, 18, July 31st, 75. Uh, Darren Sampson, April 6th, 1976. Randall Refri, May 14, 1976. Samuel Stoplord, Stapleton, May 14, 19. 76. They're dead on the same day. Michael Bowen, June 3rd, 1976. William uh, Caro, Jr., June 13, 76. James Hoxkinson, April 5th, 76. Rick Johnson, April August 6, 76. Uh, Kenneth Parker, October 24th, 76. Michael Mario, 14, August 24th, 76. William Bonner, 19, August 26th. 76 Francis Alexander Francis Wayne Alexander 21 December 1st 1976 George Gaza December 12th 1976 17 John Skitt 19 January 20th 1977 John, famous oh, John's. He's going after John Persant, twenty March fifteenth, nineteen seventy seven. Matthew Bowman, nineteen July fifth, seventy seven. Robert Garan, Junior, eighteen September fifteenth, seventy seven. John Mark. King Mokan, 19, wait, wait, I skipped skip one, Ro- Robert, no, I already said that one, John Morink, 19, September 25th, 77, Russell Nelson, October 17, 77, 21, Robert Witch, 16, November 10th, 1977, Tommy Bowen, 20, November 18, 
David Trussman, December 9th, 1977. William Kiddon, February 1678. Let me see where I'm at. I am so close. Oh, yeah. Oh, no? Yeah. Uh, Tom, Thomas O'Rell. It was funny because his date of death was his 20. He was June 16th to the 23rd. I think that's when he uh, tortured that kid, 78. Frank Langon, November 4th, 78. James Moslem, November 24th, 78. And Robert Pesson, December 11th, age 15, 1978, his last victim. Uh, eight of Gacy's victims are still unidentified. It is also believed that there may have been other victims never identified who were buried at other locations. The ninth unidentified victim, case file 959-UMIL, was identified in June 2007 as Timothy McCoy from Nebraska. McCoy was Gacy's first known and uh, identified victim. Uh little piece of information now. Gacy as an artist. During his 14 years on death row, Gacy took up oil painting. His favorite subject was being portraits of clowns. He said he used his clown act as an alter ego, once sardonically saying that a clown can get away with murder. His paintings included pictures of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and his fellow killer, serial killers Jeffrey Dahmer and Ed Gein. They are among the most famous examples of serial killer art. Many of Gacy's paintings were sold at auction after his execution. Nineteen were put up for sale, prices ranging from $195 for an acrylic painting of a bird to $9,500 or $9,500 for a depiction of George playing baseball against the Chicago Cubs. Some bought Gacy's paintings to destroy them. A bonfire in Naperville, Illinois. In June 1994, was attended by 300 people, including family members of nine victims who watched 25 of his paintings burned. The privately owned National Museum of Crime and Punishment exhibits two Gacy paintings, including Baseball Hall of Fame, signed by 46 members of the Baseball Hall of Fame, including Duke Snyder, Willie Mays, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Ted Williams, Sandy Koufax, Yogi Berra, and Roy Campanella. President Richard Nixon also signed the work. All signers were unaware that Gacy was the artist. Imagine what that fucking painting's worth. That's probably like a retirement painting right there. Like if we had our hands on that and we sold that, dude, that's retirement probably. Hell yeah. But uh, real quick, before we end this, I do want to talk about you know something that me and John were talking about earlier about you know how Gacy loved being in prison. He loved it in there. And uh, I found an article that talks a little bit about that, so I'm going to read a little bit from this. Uh, Condemned mass murderer John Wayne Gacy is free run of his death row cell house. He has a color TV in his cell and is allowed to carry sharp tools. Twenty of his fellow inmates charged. The inmates who have been convicted of 48 murders among them said they live in fear they may become Gacy's future victims. So we're talking about other prison inmates who, between all of them, have 48 murders combined. And even they are terrified of John Wayne Gacy. That just goes to show you the kind of guy, the kind of, like, the kind of aura this guy carried with him. That these mur- these convicted murderers are scared of him. But prison authorities said Gacy is not allowed any more freedom than other Maynard Correctional Center death row inmates with good prison records. And he is allowed to use tools for maintenance work because he has been no problem. The 20 inmates have signed a rambling two-page petition in which they also complained about special privileges enjoyed by the convicted mass murderer of 33 young men and boys. The convicts charged Gacy is allowed to roam freely in the death row unit, a separate saw house at Maynard. They said he often carries two putty knives, both sharpened, one three inches wide, and the other six inches wide. They also charged 
He enters the unit's visiting room at will without the handcuffs other inmates must wear and often carrying a tool. The inmates said they fear for their wives and families when Gacy comes in and out of the visiting room unshackled and they complained Gacy received telephone privileges, has a color TV and a radio in his fa- and a fan in his cell. Corrections Department spokesman Nick Howell said Gacy is allowed out of his cell only for work and said Gacy has not been a problem for prison authorities. Howell said Gacy is allowed to do maintenance work involving the use of tools because he has been no problem in prison and because of his experience as a contractor. Gacy has a job assignment because his behavior warrants it. It's that simple, he said. A few months ago, some of the inmates tore up the visiting room pretty good, Howell added. Gacy went in and cleaned that stuff up. That is an area we do not send to, do not want to send other inmates into, and we don't like to send tradesmen in there either. Gacy's job is to clean up the cell house. Basically, he pushes a broom. Gacy pleaded insanity and never denied killing the 33 victims. Oh, yeah, we know all that. 26 of who? So, yeah, I mean, John Wayne Gacy loved it in prison. He he, he thought it was awesome there. Uh, and not only that, he had people that would come and visit him while he was in prison. Like, he had fans that would come there and they would visit him. But when he would take pictures with these fans, he hated that he had to still wear cuffs. He'd still been shackled. So he used to hide his handcuffs behind one of his one of the people that was there to see him in the pictures. So that people couldn't see his handcuffs because he didn't like the way it looked. But it's just crazy. Like this guy murdered thirty three people, probably countless more. And he gets to prison and he's having the fucking time of his life. They're letting him just live freely and shit. Like fuck that, dude. Should have been getting his ass beat every single fucking day for what he did. I don't care how good his prison behavior was. That's bullshit. Damn right. But, I mean, yeah, that's... That's the story of John Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. the killer clown. <clears throat> Yo, his clown makeup looked kind of fuck. Uh, he was a pretty fucked up guy. <sighs> I'm gonna tell you, I'm not gonna be... Sleeping well tonight? No, I'm not gonna be sad about, you know... Not having to cover him in the future. That's for sure. Hey. I'm okay with never talking about him again. But, uh, yeah, before we get on out of here, let me know uh, if there's, like, a certain serial killer, maybe, other than, you know, the the big ones that you guys might want to see us do. You know, let us know. Uh, hit us up, man. Give us an idea. Also, I know he's probably going to ask if he hears this. Fighting, yes, we're working on your episode request, Okay. It's coming along, but we're just waiting for, uh, we're just waiting for someone else to have the time to be able to do it with us because we're gonna bring in a, a guest for the episode. So it's coming, you know. It'll it'll be here eventually. Yes, don't kill us. Yeah, we'll we'll get it to you eventually. It just takes time. But uh, yeah, I think uh, my next, probably my next few episodes are probably gonna be probably try to lean a little more into true crime. Because uh, I haven't done nearly enough of it since we started this. Yeah, my next episode is, is just a loose cannon right now. Yeah, we know. Everybody knows. We know that you come up with your idea for an episode a day before. Oh, and then don't do any research until 3 o'clock the day of. Hey, that's the style, homie. Even though I do all research, even though I have to work every day. I work every day, too. Not on the days that we record. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'll fuck you up. Like a clown in here, boy. Oh, uh-huh. All right. <sighs> What's the, uh... That's What's the time. The, the time check is, uh... 58 minutes and 30 seconds. What the fuck? Hey, wait, hey, that's better than nothing. Well, I got one thing to say. Go Bills! You don't end a John Wayne Gacy episode by saying go Bills. What the fuck is wrong with you? I don't know. I was just trying to fucking fill the filler. <laughs> That's the first time I heard that one all day in here. Who's a, who's a serial killer you'd like to do? Not a big one. Um, The Toy Box Killer. That's a good one. We can definitely do him. That's a good one. 
Is is he like is the toy box killer worth a long episode, or is this gonna be just a cheetah, chop and cheetah in the morning kind of shit? Are you kidding me? That motherfucker's a long episode. Are you kidding me? I do fucked. Fucker than this fucking clown fuck. That dude had like a whole semi truck that he tortured people in shit. And he had a vict- He has a victim that got away. Ooh, that's a very interesting. You know, story. you know, other topic I want to talk about. I know you want to talk about him since the beginning of our journey. Golden State Killer. You remember the idea when somebody, one of our old hosts, just told us he, he don't want to do that, and I give him a hint in his room. Yo, how San Francisco? Like, oh, San Francisco, what? We know who we're talking about. But Golden it, State would be a good one too, but it's a. I mean, if I'm being honest, the only reason I've not done Golden State yet is because it's such a fucking deep episode that, like, I need time to, like, prepare for it. And I just haven't had time. Maybe this winter when I'm not working as much. But he'd be a good one, too. He's got a fucking wild story. I, uh... I think I'm definitely gonna stick to some true crime for a little bit. Um, I'm gonna stick to history. I do want to do Ernest Shackleton at some point. I, just I, don't don't know who, I don't know who that clown is. He was this dude. He went on a boat trip. They just found his boat a hundred years after it sank. <laughs> they <laughs> just found it almost in complete condition. Almost untouched. It must, it must have been Poseidon, the water god. No, it's because it sunk in Antarctica. So it literally froze in time, basically. So it looks like it was almost looks exactly the way it did when it left. Are you talking about a Captain America situation? Pretty much. Except was, Ernest Shackleton and, them and his crew all got away. They all survived. Uh, which is very rare. That's a good episode, too. I don't know. We'll, I mean, we'll get there. Well, yeah, we're not going to talk about more future episodes. I, uh, I'm trying to not do that as much anymore to set up future episodes because... We won't be surprised. Then they, like, you know, never come and then people get mad that we set up an episode we never did. And that's why I'm a loose cannon over here. If we make it to episode 70, I'll be surprised at this point. No, we won't. Fucking guy over here. Alright. I don't know what else to say. I ran out of fucking things to say. So what's the time? Alright, now it's one hour. Oh, perfect. That's all we need. One minute. That's all we need. 55 seconds. Perfect. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yo, remember that time Mike hated when I used to do time track? Yes. Dude, time track was part of the best time track. Because I get you watching, you listen to Well, you're that. fucking, you're, before when I used to ask you for time checks, you fucking, you could never tell me without actually saying it. <laughs> Fuck it. So it's, that's why I make you just say it on air now, because I can't ever get you to just fucking tell me what it is without actually saying it. Because you're about, you're fucking terrible at giving clues. You'd be a horrible charades partner. Yeah, that's you'd for be, sure. You'd be a horrible charades partner. i partner. Give great fucking clues. Yo, Cheetah. I'm gonna say it now on on air. We might be sponsoring a semi semi pro football team. Um, what? Yes, yes. We we might be sponsoring a semi football pro football team this this coming up season. Why? Because I'll tell you more details when we get off there. Why would you drop that now? Now, if it doesn't happen, we're gonna click fucking liars. No, it's gonna fucking happen. I got I got dude's phone number. I'm sure. And 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 you know him. Yeah, you gotta pay money to be a sponsor of something. I know. Whatever. All right. Dude, just Whatever. just just imagine seeing our name on some some football jersey, alter. Like, Why the fuck would they put our name on their jerseys? Because we're a sponsor. I'm gonna push you down a fucking flight of stairs. Uh, you come with me. Let's go. Let's just get the fuck out of here, please, before I snap. You got any, you got any more sick fucking comments for sick fuck clown that is rotten in sick hell? No, I don't. Just you know, fuck you, clown. You're gonna die, clown. No one likes you, clown. I fucking hate clowns, dude. 
Yo, dude. Yeah, this does not help my case at all for liking clowns, just so you know. Ooh, I hate fucking clowns. Oh, so. I think your brother tortured you because of clowns. Yeah, he tortured me with fucking ICP, dude. Whoa, ICP is saying clown posse. All right, I'm, I'm getting the fuck out of here, man. All right. Losers, it's been fun. Thank you all for 60 episodes. It's been amazing. I hope you stick around for 60 more. John Wayne Gacy, I hope you're rotten in fucking hell. Jim Jones, you also. We'll see you next week for who the fuck knows what Chop's going to do, but we'll be here next week. Next week, rise and shine. So, I'm going to let my man sign us off. But until next week, cheat out. All right, all right. You know, you know what the favorite line is? Thanks for riding along, losers. Chop out. <laughs>